Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And you know we had to do it to him. You know we had to get GT in the building. How you feeling, man? I'm good, man. How you feeling, man? Excellent. I'm glad to have you in here, man. It's like, I feel like I've been kind of documenting uh, the explosion of Detroit pretty pretty diligently for the last couple of years. Had a lot of real bangers in there. Remember I told you. Remember? you. You told me a long time ago, like, are we going to get one in one day? Remember? You did, was it when you and came he in? Like, he was like, you had tagged me. He was like. He was like, um, you know, a lot of rappers told me something, but GT really meant that, and you told me. And remember, you hit me. Okay, yeah, I did say that. Yeah, I could tell that you meant it. Right. Yeah, yeah, I meant that. <laughs> and we sit here right now. It's a blessing. Though. No, um, but I'm gonna be real with you. Is like, I feel like you're kind of in like a way different place career-wise right now than you were a couple of years ago. I was. Feels like you kind of came a long way, and you've really developed your own style. And yeah. are bringing something unique to the table, and the fans are actually uh, reciprocating, and they're they're actually really with it. That let me know that you're really doing your homework out here. That let me know that you're really in tune with the culture because I gotta get in soon. I definitely um I definitely um created a new whole wave. Mm-hmm. Since back then, I was real throwed off, like one foot in the streets, one foot out. Okay. So when you I used to be you saying that like I know you had a lot of business going on and trying to get to the highest potential it could possibly be like right now is like the perfect time for this though like legendary right now definitely so let's go back to the early days of exactly where you are coming from mm-hmm. seven mile road man okay you said i'm really originally from the um red zone though like if you ever hear side of baby and i'm saying the red zone mm-hmm. that's where i originally grew up at then um got you know getting kicked out of schools as a kid and had to move with grandma and and I moved over to another hood, which is called the Green Zone. Wait, so your parents sent you to live with your grandparents? Just my uh, my mama, yeah. Well, I was bad as hell, man. Dad and wasn't. I got kicked out first day of school. Dad wasn't around too much, or he was in the um, he had passed away when I was in the eighth grade. Oh shit! Okay, I'm sorry to hear yeah, that. Yeah, no, rest his soul. He was um, good dude, dog, all around good person, dog. Right. Took care of the whole hood. You know how that go, man. But you were getting exposed, or you were getting in trouble from an early age. Yeah, he was locked up. He was he did his jail time and you know like the stuff like that. Just being raised in the streets and just being raised around older really ain't had no vision of how they thought being a hood star was the best you can be. The best thing that you could possibly do was just to be kind of like famous on your block. Exactly. But then you grew up and you got the internet and you realized like oh there's a big world out there. It was before the internet. Like see, I was the type you know Adam like when I um. When I got a chance to go work a real job, like I, I, you know how you go to the suburbs, 
Yeah, I was raised in them. And, and you go to, um, <laughs> you know, like you, you know, when you go to like these high fashion stores and high high stores, and then they get looked at like they thieves or they right. they might steal. So I went to apply there and work there, so people would know my face and know my people face, and just got a job in the suburbs and worked there and got cultured that way. You know, like just I had to get that balance. So. I always had seen a different vision just from being in the hood. Like I was wearing like Rick Owens and Rav Simmons and people thought it was weird. And What year were we talking? 2015, 2014, 2013. Like when I just was old enough to be like, this is what I want to do. Like find something to do. Worked at a store called Revive. It's a real big popular store in Michigan. Real big. And this is like a fashion yeah, thing? Yeah, it's all fashion. Yep. And they they got like the biggest stars come there to shop when they get to Michigan and shit like that. Right. So that was like your first calling was the fashion shit, or or you were just sort of involved in the scene because of that, or how'd this work? I won best dress in school and shit like that. I'd always been a fresh fly. I'm the type that had my um, Versace shirts on in first grade pictures and shit like that. My daddy was like the boss man. Really? I was wearing iceberg and shit. Versace in first grade. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Like that Versace, real no real Versace shirts though. Like especially like in Detroit, I feel like if you were to see that in Hollywood or Beverly Hills, it wouldn't maybe strike you as that crazy. But out there, that must really stand out. I mean, in Detroit back then in the nineties, it seemed like every black family was kind of like having, you know, like doing their thing. Like it ain't get bad to the early two thousands. Mm, like so your memories of Detroit are before the whole economy really hit the bed. Yeah, bro, mm. it was like. Man, bro, it was so fun to go outside, like, right, like to just ride up a block and see everybody at every house just doing family. Shit. Like you don't even see that no more. Like, mm. yeah, because they say that like Detroit has the lowest population density of anywhere in the country. So basically, like it's a big fucking huge city that got built when the economy was doing great, and then so many people left that. And I, I believe that that's kind of part of why the crime is so bad is because people are so spread out it takes cops forever to get anywhere there's not that many cops etc i think the crime is so bad is because they put all that damn money out there and then they snatched it away man oh the edd because everything <laughs> it, the murders was down the crime was down when the ppp was out motherfuckers was the killers was chilling with the other killers that you know niggas was doing their thing yeah with the ops, it wasn't even no real beef going on when everybody had some money. As soon as the money disappeared, this shit just got real, real hectic. I think that go for anywhere right now. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of people that tell you that about L.A. as well. L.A., bro, I ain't gonna lie. L.A. was a cool-ass place to come <laughs> for, like, out-of-town people, I guess. Not no more. You don't feel like it feels like that anymore? Hell no. This shit feel like Detroit. <laughs> nah, but you could, you could do your thing. You just probably shouldn't have too much jewelry on that's Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Once you gotta start motherfucking watching your back like you do at home, shit, you might as well stay at home. Right. That's how I look at this shit, man. Like, yeah. shit, man. This place used to be a good ass vibe. Like, you could go stand outside the W and chill and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those memories of the fact that when we moved to Melrose and we're out there, like, every day, just standing out there on the block, nobody was even thinking about having a gun in the store. We didn't have security. We were just chilling. And then when I think about it now, that feel like obviously my position has changed a lot, but that just feels like a huge risk. It but, was, bro. Yeah. It was we just played ourselves like real liabilities, bro. Mm. Like the way you I ain't gonna lie, you impressed the fuck out of me, bro. Like I I'm a nigga who's played the background 
when you interviewed Band Gang and shit when they first came All the way on. back then, shit. I, I the knew you were there. Yeah, yeah, Drake okay. on Bino and I'm sitting in the background. I'm watching this shit. I watched the... It was just a... No Indian... We ain't had to sign no fucking <laughs> thing. We ain't had to take no picture of our <laughs> yeah. face. We ain't had to do shit. It was just like every man for they... And it was 50 of us in your shit. Oh, it was crazy. You yeah. remember? I remember, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Drake on Bino interview was amazing. Shit was crazy, bro. We had so many people in there. It was almost like impossible to imagine that many blunts being smoked in such a small room. Oh my god, dog! You couldn't even—I swear, dog! You I probably did some real damage to my health just by not having proper ventilation. Because you can smoke a lot, you just need the the air to be clear. Man, you got this shit going on, though, Adam, bro. Like, it's, that's some real motivating shit to see, dog. Coming from another entrepreneur and shit. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. For real. Um. Okay, but so you're, you're sort of involved in the fashion scene or like doing your thing, working for stores and stuff. So how do you get closer to the, the music side of things or where does your, your life go from there? Man, I was doing music since I was um, like 11 years old, 10 years old. These um, older dudes that was cool with my mom and shit, they had a studio in the basement across the street from the house and shit. And there was this um, dude named Chris T. He was like Lil Bow Wow or something. Little Romeo of our neighborhood, like he had all the motherfucking fans, dog. And right. He, he would um perform at all the backyard parties and be the kid everybody wanted to go see at the parties and shit. And he got in a real bad car accident, dog. Oh, wow. Like where he fucked his vocal box up. Like it was something to where it was like, wow, it was bad, bro. Like he ain't. I don't think he do music to this day. Like I still don't think he do no music. Damn. And um, and. He used to just help me and shit with them, and we used to just be down in the basement fucking around with my cousin. Um, Benson, really the one who really helped me put it in perspective. He had the NPC and the, all the little shit, and we, he helped me. He told me to go home one day, and I still tell rappers this shit all the time. Like, kid rappers, they ask me how they can be a rapper and shit. He told me to go home and make a list of everything that I mess with like in life, like a list of the cars, a list of my peers, a list of the clothes and jewelry and whatever the fuck I like to wear, and then bring him back to paper, and then he started making sentences out of the shit, like I might have put a Corvette on there, or I might have, and my first rap was like, see, I'm 11, but I spit like I'm 17. You never seen heat until my CD hit the scene. Like, shit like that, like, he was just helping me put it, and I won a uh, school talent show and shit. Really? Hell yeah. Had to clean up the lyrics and everything, I'm sure. When we was kids, yeah, I ain't cussing. <laughs> <laughs> I had this shit all figured out. He had it all right for me. He had me winning little talent shows and shit. Right, because I remember like having school talent shows, and there would always be one kid who rapped, and it was never really like the cool kid in school. It always because it wasn't exactly like a cool thing to be try to be a rapper yeah. when I was in school. Just because there was like no possibility of it happening, but I just remember like a, a couple different times, like some kid from the basketball team would get up there and rap. And he would have to censor it all, make it super hey. corny, and I'd just be sitting there like, what the fuck? Hey, look, Adam, true story. My, we did a talent show, dog, and uh, I think we was in, like, the fucking seventh grade. We got it. Uh, my man's got suspended. He made a girl kiss the ring at the end of the, his rap. He, <laughs> <laughs> you got in trouble for that? <laughs> they said you do it as a pimp shit. Wow. Said he made a girl kiss. Where he learned that shit, bro? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, though, man. Damn. Yeah. I was, my other memory of a school talent show is that they uh, they said, does anybody want to drink this gallon of, of uh, eggnog? And they said, we'll give you like 20 bucks if you drink this eggnog. And That's I went white, I went up there and did it. You went to an all-white school, didn't you, back then? Mostly white. Oh, 
That shit never. Hey, we ain't even had none of that shit in school. <laughs> I feel it. Wait, what's your ethnic breakdown? My daddy, um, black. My mom is, um, she mixed, like. Okay. But she's a Jew, though. Okay. So you, you I'm Jewish. So, you relate to the Jewish I people? I just don't like study the, you know, nothing about it. Right. Just, I chose a birthday over a bar mitzvah, dog. Mm. Like, a, like an asshole, dog. My mama said, "You want a birthday party or a bar mitzvah?" Me, I didn't want to wear a yarmulke. So when I, I was like, "Damn, none of my friends in school wear a yarmulke." They gonna talk about me when I get to school. Fuck that. Having a birthday party, but I didn't even know that they would have funded my college, all type of shit. Like they would have gave me money for school, you know. Yeah. To take care of real business, but that's what I was thinking. I would look at the Jewish kids when I was growing up and be like, "Damn, I wish I was Jewish. At least so I could have one of these sick ass parties that they're having." Because I'd be hearing about the gifts they began. I never got a chance to hear about mm. it though, Adam, because I was in the hood. Though you got to yeah. think, my daddy was a nigga. You know, my daddy was a nigga from the hood, yeah, and he just took my mom and. It was just straight to the hood, and her Jewish side of the family, they always would invite us to shit, and we'd go over there, and it would just feel so uncomfortable, bro, because mm. they were so on another level from what I had to go back to, you know, back when I left. Yeah, definitely. But I remember, like, a kid in high school, I forget what the dollar amount might have been, he might said, like, five or ten grand that he got from his bar mitzvah. I'm in high school. That's I, a lot of money. I never, I remember... Getting paid like five hundred dollars in my first job for a week of work when I was like sixteen. Not my first job, but my first like well paying job and being like I've never had five hundred dollars before. And these kids are sixteen getting five grand from their bar mitzvah. I couldn't believe it. That's a lot of money. <laughs> they getting way more nowadays, man. They getting shit. Yeah. Okay, well, so where were we? I'm I'm right. black. Right, I'm there you go. Jewish. But where were we before that? You know where you asked me my um ethnicity. Okay. <laughs> well, so you were working at the store and stuff, and then you, you were making music at the same time. And... You no, know, I always made music. Me, yeah. Babyface, Ray, Bezo, Peasy, we always been making music since we was kids. Bro. And so you knew them since like what age? I knew Ray since seventh grade. Wow. Seventh grade, going into eighth grade. We've been uh, we was in the same band together and shit back mm -hmm. in middle school. Like the school band? Yeah, the school band and shit. And, um, like, Bezo, he was a nigga who was already, like, excelling as a rapper when we was kids. He had his own videos on green screens and shit like that. Like, he had a manager. He mm. had songs. He was the first person to put me on the um, CD when I was a kid. And I took it to Ray. Like, Ray, look, Bezo put me on this shit. But right. Ray helped me motherfucking write the verse. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, just in retrospect... You're able to look at that and be like, damn, that's a fuckload of like successful rappers who are all in the same place at the same time, and there would have been no real reason to know that any of them were going to go anywhere in particular, right? Somebody just asked me that shit the other day. Like, did y'all think that y'all was going to be where y'all at right now when y'all was doing this shit every single day? I don't even think it was because we had any like vision of that. I think it was for the love. Like, I think it was just because we love to do music, and it kept us out of harm's way. Like, we all link up at the studio and it would just be like but there's a lot of people who love making music mm -hmm. it's it's like there has to have been some degree of like competition between each other or of like course, course. or just observing each other's skill sets and getting better we all from different neighborhoods yeah we all different from different hoods so we all bring that shit to the table like we all even when we came to the studio all our entourages would be different niggas from different hoods so it would be like once we all click up it's like damn who can show 
what you was doing over here in your hood, what you was doing over here, Peasy, or what you was doing, Babyface Ray, over here. GT, this how you coming over here? Because we all literally, like Ray and um, Bezo, they from the same neighborhood. Mm. Peasy, Snoop, they come from each other. Me, I got Seven Mile on the east side. Then you got Perry, D-Nice. You know, like, this shit was big, bro. It was like just a whole bunch of hungry. We still is to this day, though. Like, we still keep in touch with each other every day. Not every single day, but you know what I mean. Like, it's all love to the maximum. There's got to be some epic Detroit group chats. Yeah, we don't really be. Not me and my <laughs> niggas. Like, no? I don't know. Like, uh, group chat shit messy as hell. You're not in, like, a group chat with, like, mean, like, Yachty and Vezza. Like, uh, every person who's, yeah, like, yeah. Detroit adjacent. There's got to be, like, a super group chat. For sure. For sure, it got to be. <laughs> Fuck, I need in there. For sure, mm. me too. I need to, They need to add me back oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> they took you out? They, they, I be out of the loop, bro. Oh. I'm out of the loop. Wait, are you saying the group chats get messy, though? That's just like an assumption of yours? Just like, I just think, all oh, that shit is messy. It don't even stay in the group. Mm. It don't It don't ever be the people that's in the group that know. Somebody always outside the group know what's going on in the group chat. Oh, yeah. One of our homies, that girl, went and read the group chat one time. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> you know that shit messy right there. Then she tell, she like. But that had me thinking differently about every single thing I said in there for like a week or two. I don't cheat on my girl, so I really got nothing to hide. But it definitely made me think about everything from like the perspective of a woman. Man, dog. Speaking of that cheating shit, dog. That's something I had to motherfucking learn, dog. That shit literally gets you nowhere, dog. Mm, that's true. Shit gets you nowhere. Why, you've had some bad experiences with your own cheating? Yeah, I'm. I just pulled myself out the doghouse right now. I'm. I'm. I'm in the best shape I can. Okay. Be right now. I'm just building my shit back up. My foundation, man. Yeah. Cause chasing these girls out here, these girls don't want shit, bro. But your money. That's how you feel. That's how they come. But you got a good one that you're. A you realize one. how valuable she is now. Can't take it for granted, bro. Mm. Tell you. Yeah, any great relationship, I think there needs to be some cheating at the beginning, so the guy can kind of. Get his head screwed on straight. I be seeing you, though. She needs to almost leave for you to realize how much you need her. That's what happened. And if she, if you, if you're okay with letting her go, you can just let her go. But if you really want her back, that might be the time when you decide, like, all right, I'm gonna try to get my shit together. But who really okay with that though, Adam? Like, you build this all this time and you invest all this, you know, this time and this game and all this shit you done taught and she done taught you. Who? Why you want to see her go do that shit with somebody else? Be for real. If you know that's the right person. Yeah. You don't want to see that. Yeah. Once you really start thinking about it. Well, but niggas when I was younger. Hard, niggas be acting hard, but they really stomach being they like nuts. Like when they when they grill on a date with another nigga, dog, they be sick. Like, <laughs> they can be sick, like about to call his mama. Like, what do I do? Like, yeah. Because I'd have been sick. Damn. So she got that far away that you. No. Nah, no. But you know how. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't go on any dates. <laughs> you know how I go. Yeah. Oh man, I can't even imagine. That would have that would have been tough to take. I be seeing you do your thing though. Yeah, but just on camera. You're a porn star, ain't you? Yeah, but it's like, you know, you don't rap just walking down the street. Like you rap in the studio to make shit that you gonna make money off, right? I'm not fucking nigga though. I ain't gonna <laughs> <laughs> You a hard nigga though, I ain't gonna lie though. I appreciate that. You a hard nigga to just go that. So who blew up first though out of that whole little crew? Like who really started seeing success? Well, you said I swear was kind of doing well early on. Peasy and Peasy always been a star though. Like right. he always been a hit making motherfucker. He always had a song on the radio. Like um, 
I could say like as far as like nationally and globally, Babyface Raiders is like the last one who really did it the exact way it's supposed to be done. In my eyes, like he did it the right way. Right, definitely. And when do you feel like the the new like Detroit wave kind of took over? Because I realize that you've really kind of like separated yourself from it musically to a certain extent, but there's definitely a style that came in. And I'm not sure exactly how you would identify when it kind of began, but like the real yeah, the young OG song, but he they yeah. from Flint though, so they brought their okay. own package with them. Like right, it was like Rio was grinding every day. Can't take nothing from him and Mike. They grind hard <laughs> for this shit. Like nobody can ever take their song from them. They ain't copy off nobody. Mm-hmm. Y and J, none of them. That's they shit. Like that's they own niche. Like everybody who come from Flint, they got that pattern that pocket and shit right detroit it's not that it's the, it's the payroll hell of a it's like that it's that gritty sound that you hear uh like that right made the stallion shit that you hear but don't you feel like the the flint sound at a certain point almost kind of infected detroit as well and like hell at yeah. least had a big influence fuck yeah all the new rappers and shit coming out with this style like that's they just they style people like that shit a lot mm. of people love that shit you got real um, industry people taking that style and pausing and playing with the right shit man. all the time. No, they took over and did a lot of shit, damage in the rap game, bro. Flint. Right, Damn, that's crazy when you think about the fact that we haven't heard new real music in a couple of years now. He just dropped some shit. Oh, he dropped a project from shit before. He got no. He he, you know, he recorded a lot of music and shot a lot of videos before he went to jail. So he been slowly. Be- Releasing shit on his oh, IG and shit. I gotta tap into that. Yeah, that shit updated. You need to go check it out. Right. Yeah. It's Be just real, it's just crazy to think about like how much we were listening to him for so long there, and then I've been kind of tapped out since. But yeah, I should definitely get on those I new think releases. His numbers is like probably the best they ever been right now. Though. Really? Yeah. That's incredible if that's true. I swear, I think his numbers like the best they ever been. Wow, that's amazing. So I mean, like you're talking about coming through with uh Drago and Bino and stuff. What like how did you end up coming out there with them and like is that is that like a special type of thing where you guys just decide like oh fuck all forty of us are about to head out to L.A. and go just make no, some back moves? Back then I was with Pooty like Pooty every day I was with um, Pooty Band Life Band Game CEO um, and I was just thugging shit just with my people you know just mm-hmm. regular shit but just be you know I did I'm just like a OG kind of. But you, were, OG, man. you must have had a certain level of motivation to get on a plane and actually come out to L.A. just to, you know, meet people and just be with your boys out here and stuff. Like, like w- were you already, like, foreseeing your rap shit taking off? Around uh, then, yeah. Around then, I was about to, like, try to take it as serious as I could take it. Right. And I had gave up. I used to give up all the time, like, that's one thing I had to stop doing, dog, like making excuses and giving up when I'm getting almost to the mark and then it feel like I'm getting uncomfortable or I ain't doing enough and I just stop and try to switch it up. But I feel like if you fight through that, that uncomfortable and that, um, you know, that, that hardship time where you feel like you're in a dark cloud, then you know the sun going to come after the rain. There's just like so many rappers who kind of, like we're so used to seeing rappers kind of have to blow up within like the first six months or year that they're like well-known at all. And it's interesting seeing Detroit where you have all these guys who've really managed to like grind and grind to build a fan base and are now 
kind of seeing the real results of it. Just longevity. That was the main goal anyway, like longevity. And just really being in this shit. Like, uh, we watch Currency and, you know, a lot of niggas like Currency and Larry June and how they just create a brand around the music. It's just more the music. <laughs> Your fans, they can they can get into the cars and they can get into the love of the clothes you, you rock and all that shit. Like, and that's what every single person, like I swear he bring with all the jury and shit, he make you feel like number one dope boy. <laughs> right. You got Ray feel like the coolest nigga in the world. You know, everybody bring their own shit to right. the table. So when you building a following like that, you just gotta like I guess like keep being real and keep being you. Who would you say were your biggest musical influences though, who, whether it's Detroit based or even before that? Or outside? Blade Icewood was my first um music really? influence. Like he was the best. Like, you know, they be like, you popping your shit. Like, he was the best person I, I ever seen pop his shit, like, get his flex on. And then, like, dudes from Detroit, like, Street Lord Wine and shit like that. Like, mm -hmm. um, just watching Jay-Z take, you know, parts of Big's Burke life and, um, you know, Emery and put it all in one pot and Ty Ty and all them and just, and know how to just, Paint a picture of what's really going on that he see every day. You just take that and then use it as motivation and put it into your game. But like Lil Wayne and shit like that, how he was um, ahead of his time, how he dropped all that lollipop shit and shit like that. Like I feel like if he would have dropped that shit three, four years ago, it would have been the best shit in the world people ever heard. But since it was so new to the ear, they downplayed it. Like at the time, like just be ahead of the curve. Right. You. My only motivation for real. You know, there's like a thing I've noticed before, which is that I very rarely hear rappers talk about rapping mm -hmm. just because, like, I don't know if maybe it like seems uncool or maybe I just don't get to hear these conversations because I don't rap. So it's like, about like how sports niggas be talking about sports all the time. Do they? Well, no, because like, but like the actual game, you know, like, like I, I feel like no matter how much I hang out with a bunch of NBA players, I'm not going to hear them talking about like the different styles of dribbling <laughs> that much. Like that takes place on the court. Right. But do you like do you feel like you guys actually like all these dudes you came up around? Do you actually have like real in-depth conversations about the art of rapping? Or is this just shit that happens when you're in the studio and it doesn't really get That's discussed? It. That's it. It don't never get discussed. That's a good ass. That's a good ass thing that you just said. Like I never heard nobody break down the logic of this shit. Interview a lot of rappers. I had to get creative. <laughs> <laughs> Asking me hard ass shit too. But but you guys don't. It's not like a verbal thing. No, it ain't though. Mm. We just literally, like you said, it's just a friendly competition, dog. Mm. You go in there and the, um, I guess you could say you're trying to outdo the next. If you want a song with somebody, you're definitely trying to outdo them. I don't give a fuck who you want a song with. Mm -hmm. Just trying to do your best. Right. That's just how it go. When did you start to feel like you were having success of your own? Um, to be honest, like in the last probably like three years. Like when I just consistently dropped a project every three months. Mm -hmm. Every 90 days I was dropping a project. And it just built a, like you said, just built my own following like I ain't need to be with nobody i ain't need to be with none of my brothers i ain't need to have no features nothing i just could drop my music i successfully do numbers and then i just seen it just growing like you said then i created a brand called money counter music 
And, you know, that's just like some old wavy shit. Some old. And that's it. Money counter, one of the best uh, ad libs to insert into your songs. For real. <laughs> yeah. I use that motherfucker all the time. Do you really? You get paid in cash that often? I get paid a lot. That's how I even came up with the motherfucking um, label, man. I always would call my money in the studio. Mm hmm. That'd be my safe little spot. I'd dump all my money out my pockets on the table and put the money counter on it. I have a money counter. I think I used it once. Getting too much money, your shit don't even it's need all to digital. be counted. It's getting <laughs> you gotta weigh it. <laughs> shit coming by the bank. <laughs> your shit already tell you what it is. Two thousand, ten thousand, two, two. No, but it's a fucking pain in the ass because you feed the stack of bills into it. It gets caught up in there. It gets caught up and it tells you the number of bills, but it's not gonna tell you what the bills are, which is what I thought that this was gonna actually you gotta do. Gotta get that other money counter, the bank one. Oh, so you, the you bank put, one will sort. Can, mm. The bank will sort that bitch out for fives, tens, hundreds. And tell you exactly what you got. It doesn't give you problems with the wrinkly ass ones. Yeah, you have like I think a, they are gonna give you the problem. A one that's torn in half might not work. Oh, bitch ain't work. Interesting. <laughs> so money counting music, you just came up with this as your like label name. Like, what do yeah. you plan on doing under that name? I own that. I'm just planning on um, like right now I got a couple um, artists I'm fucking with like Brill. He out of Oakland. He based out of the Bay Area. Um, like Jay Luciano, Jay Rucci. I got a whole bunch of people in Detroit that's really taking music serious, though. Like, mm. but money counter music, I got money counter motors. Like, I got a whole bunch of old school cars worth a lot of money and shit. And I'm just building all this shit up, merch, you know, everything. Like, I feel like I first heard you rapping on other rappers' songs. I first heard you like having a verse here and there, mm -hmm. and you're, you know. When you're getting a verse on somebody else's song, you gotta you could have a different flow, but it's gonna be in the same like family of flows if you're rapping on the same beat, right? Mm -hmm. And then I listen to like your your solo projects and I'm like, oh shit, he like raps completely different and it has mad different styles and you're really a lot more like hip hop than a lot of the, you know, hip hop traditional hip hop in a sense, like compared to a lot of these other dudes from Detroit. So is that like early on, was that something you're cognizant of? Like, oh I'm kinda Having to like hop on these beats from, and do my own thing. That's like that Motown shit. It just come from like having chapters of the like my CDs. If you go, like I hope one day when I get to the level where I get big enough to people like my music enough to go back to my old shit and see how I really started. Like they gonna hear a real story from start to finish. Like to where I'm at now. Like everything I rapped about back then, I manifested it now and shit like that. Like any type of goals I wanted. To, um, attain and do whatever that I had to do in life. I rapped about that shit, mm. and then it started with Relentless, and I was like sworn in it, like money kind of music. Right. So, yeah, when you uh, when you think about what like really caused your music to start to gain a fan base, though, was it those features, or was it just the fact that you kept putting projects together and like then the feature? energy sort of fed really, over i ain't never had no big um features like as far as me doing features but some of the drago abito shit that you bet on it was like kind of big right i mean like for the for the yeah i guess right at the moment but it really did more for them okay like, at that time because i ain't had no projects okay you hadn't really officially really shit then at that I time start taking off like i started taking off a couple years after that then i just start just 
taking off, locked in with myself. Right. Do you have people like wishing that you would rap more like the average Detroit rapper, or are they fully embracing the direction that you've been going in? Right now, they like just happy as fuck that I'm doing music on a consistent basis. Like they just just happy of that alone because I used to stop for like six months, then drop. But now I've been feeding my you know, supporters and shit. But six months is a pretty normal time to not put out a project, right? How, how, how often I mean, you been I dropping? I wouldn't even put a project out for years. Like, mm. I, I didn't even have a project out. My first project took me so many years to drop. I used to say GT coming soon mm. on the internet all the time to the point where motherfuckers would be like, bro, I ain't waiting no more. Right. I ain't wait. I'm like, all right. <laughs> but it was the best shit, though, back then. Where'd GT come from? That's my real name. Oh, okay. First and last name. Just regular name. Yeah. You ever ride a GT when you were a kid? In a Mustang? The bikes. Yeah. You know, oh, okay. I had a Schwinn, too. Mm. GT was the shit when I was a kid. Yeah. GT was everything. I ain't gonna lie. I want a GT right now. The bike. Just to you put on the wall. The chain with that logo. Yeah, I was thinking about that. That'd be hard. I got the Georgia Tech. The whole GT Performer bike on there? Yeah. That's viral. You ain't lying, though. Georgia Tech, too. Okay, there you go. Got that Georgia Tech with the B on there. Right. There ain't other good GT, well, the, the car thing you said, right? Yeah. I don't fuck with no Mustang GT. I don't fuck with no Mustangs at all. Right. You'll be in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Why, they just tend to crash or what? Just, I don't give a fuck how good of a driver you think you is. You slide in that Mustang, you gonna hit some shit. Right. It just ain't, I don't know what it is about Mustangs. They weak as hell, man. Hmm. So have you you've kept your nose clean legally for the most part throughout your life? Um, hell no, I used to be bad as hell, Adam, bro. Really? I caught so many damn cases, man. When I was a kid, like growing up, just bullshit gun cases and shit like that. Just I ain't had to do no long time in jail. Like the longest time I did in jail was like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Still must have been pretty depressing. Did that give you any time to think about what you're trying to do with your life? Yeah. I think I really changed. Like, when I, in 2015, I had gotten this um, accident. I was um, leaving the club. I hit a car going face to, going 85 miles per hour face to face. My foot got caught on the pedal. I was asleep. Oof. And I hit a car face to face. I broke 22 ribs, bro. Both of my lines collapsed. 22 ribs, is that like all your ribs? We only got 24. The only oh, two I shit. didn't break was the two that's flowing. I guess we got some flowing ribs, and them the only two that didn't break. The other 22 I broke, all connected to my body. How long were you in the hospital? Man, for a long-ass time, bro. I lost my spleen, Oof. all type of shit. I had both of my lungs collapse. I had a trach in my throat, bro. I was fucked up, bro. Is your voice different now as a result of that? Man... Yeah. Really? Like, my old music don't sound nothing like my new music. Made it a little bit more like a croak? Kind of, yeah. Mm. But you it don't never crack it nothing like that. Like, How come you fell asleep? I was high. Mm. Just over, going overboard. Like, just getting too damn high. Like, don't be doing that shit, man. Call a, a Uber or a Lyft, man. High, like, so I'm guessing beyond weed. Yeah. Mm. Clean. It was really the Xanax back then. Oof. 2015, them bitches fucked me up. Yeah. I hope ain't nobody out here doing no Xanax, man. Yeah. 2015, I was consuming a lot of those. 
Yeah, I was fucked up around that time. Yeah, it's crazy how many rappers have like a video clip out there, like an interview clip of them talking about like something insane that happened to them off Zans. Oh my God. Like this, I've, I've just heard some insane horror stories on here, you know? It was bad, boy. I don't even know. I'm just thank God that we made it out of that stage to where we like, damn, that shit was passive. Yeah. But I almost died for that shit, though, for real, though. Like, I had three blood transfusions, all type of shit, though. Wow. Shit ain't no game, like. So when you got out, though, how long did it take before you started to really feel like yourself? Like, does it take a long-ass time? Yeah. Took, like, a year to recover. I was in, on a bed rest for, like, probably, like, six six months straight. What the fuck? When I got out of the hospital, I had to still lay in the bed for six months straight. Like, and you had a girl at the time who held you down during this, or who was taking care of you? At that time, I had my motherfucking son on the way. Mm. But I wasn't with my baby mama and then I just had my son on the way. She was pregnant with my son. So that kind of was like, damn, I was like, when I got in the accident, I was thinking like, you know, I got this kid on. I'm a, I was just fucked up, bro. When I woke up, I tried to talk, and I couldn't say shit, though. Bro. Like, I was like, mm. I couldn't even believe that shit. Writing on a paper for like a year and a half. Can't talk, drinking shit, shit coming out your neck. Oof. I had a fucking, I had a, man, I had a big ass hole in my neck. Were you just cursing the Zans this whole time? The Zans is nothing to play with, bro. Them bitches will black you out, dog. Like, because yeah. I drive home, I drink some lean, smoke some weed, drive home. We've all done it. We done did it. <laughs> but them Xanax, man, yeah. them bitches animal. take you. So I went home, bro. I left the club, dropped my homeboy off, went to my grandma's crib, put on a whole brand new outfit, and that's the only thing that they, they told me that. And I, I woke up, my clothes was cut up to me. I woke up with like, bro, look at this shit. Oh, fuck, you got one. Yeah, 28 staples of my shit. What year was this? 2015. Right. Damn. No, yeah, I mean, I have some nights in my life that I'm still trying to figure out what happened. When I think about it, I'm like, little pieces just keep coming back to you of like, oh, I was I was there. I went to this fucking studio or I went to this Man, club. I did something. telling you shit? Yeah. Like, what? I did that? Like, I'd be like, but, and then they see what you're doing right now, and then they be like, Man, I'm so glad you made it out of that, dog. Yeah. Yeah, that shit was bad, dog. The worst feeling is reading through your text trying to figure out what you did last night. What about losing your whole motherfucking phone, your everything, your whole motherfucking your car? Everything. No, I you ain't ever done that? that. Dude, where's my car? I ain't never leave that car. Mm. But I done fell asleep in that car off them bars, man, in front of some shit in the like in the line at the <laughs> in the fast food line and stopped the whole line, man. Right. I used to live in this area where I had a terrible time parking in Koreatown. And I, I drove home off the Zans, I parked my car, but I would have to park my car hella far, like almost a mile away from my crib. I know it's like almost impossible to imagine, right? And so I wake up and I have to like ride my bike around my fucking neighborhood, like encircling every single street, pressing the fucking button on the key, just praying that I'm gonna ride by my car. And I don't remember where exactly I found it. I'm sure I found it eventually, but it's just like, and you and you have that feeling of that Zan hangover, 
where you're kind of pissed off. Man, that shit Ugh. is a fucking demon, man. Yeah. That shit costs too cheap not to be a demon, man. That shit is the cheap. Because lean has this natural regulation on it because it's like if you want to do it, it's so expensive that unless you're like super uh, successful, you just exactly. are not going to be able to consume that much of it. Exactly. You're right. You hit it right on the nose. So did you uh, end up leaving most of that shit behind or you just get yeah, more responsible yeah. with it? I don't it? be drinking lean. Mm. None of that shit. I don't fuck with no bar. I ain't never touched a Xanax since the day I got in a motherfucking accident. Mm. Like, that was the last time, dog. That shit, that shit fucked me up. I ain't gonna lie. When I woke up and I seen all the motherfucking staples up my stomach, I couldn't <laughs> even believe that shit, dog. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. That must have been tough. I had chest tubes coming out of everywhere. My mouth, all that shit. Damn. So, okay, now that you're in this place, like, what do you really feel like is the the thing that you need to do to take your career to the next level or to just, you know, become the vision that you have in your head? I think I got to, it's time to, like, when it comes to the visuals and shit, it's time to, like, shoot the best visuals I can shoot. There's no more time for that, like, just standing out, running and gunning, shit like that. Like, even if I'm not putting a whole bunch of thought into it, I'm still putting the effort into it. Like, mm. niggas just be getting comfortable just throwing shit out there and, yeah, that shit okay. But I'm trying to take this shit to the next level, like, be a real superstar. I don't know. Like, maybe I might, um, I might come out. With all leather on with the stars up the side, man. Let my hair out, take the braids out, and put the white Kurt Cobain shades on. Right. And just and just turn to an alter ego, man, not even. Go full rock star on them. I swear, man. Full rock star. I could see it. It might work. It's going to work. Yeah. Ain't no might. We're going to do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no might. We're going to do it. I'm going to tell you. We're going to do it. Yeah. You're going to be on here interviewing my alter ego. Mm, this other GT, version of yourself. James Cobain, man. Right. I could see it. I'm trying to tell you, man. It makes sense to me. Um, all right. What else do we need to know about what you got going on? You got any hobbies or anything that we need to know about outside of rapping? I got a kids community center I'm opening up in Detroit. Really? Yeah, with a like a live um stream they can stream, you know, play the game, Twitch room and shit like that. I got a producer room. Studio room, a dance room, I got a podcast room, I got a anything you could do, a video shoot room, you know. All how does this work? You just you get a building, you just no, sort right of right now. Uh, um, I had bought a building back in August, uh-huh. and right now I'm just like they just got done drywall, and I'm looking at all the floor plan. I got the 3D model and shit like that. Like this is where I want to take it. So. Once I get all that done, I can see if I want to take it to a full community center or take, use it as like a studio. You know, a community center, I don't know how I got to go about that for the license and shit. I'm still learning, so it's kind of hard for me to like jump straight into a kid's community center. But I do want to open the doors for young creators to be able to come in there, come to the studio, you know, do beats, shoot videos, stream. You know, because there must be a, a crazy amount of like young people trying to make it in, in entertainment just because you've seen so many people make it over the last few years out of Detroit. And that's why I'm doing that shit because it's just so many of them, dog. And they just be out here and there's so much violence and shit going on in the community to where like they forced to go through that shit. It ain't even by choice. Like they got to go through it just to get home and make it, you know, day to day. So 
when I open up this community center, I'm not going to open it. I might do like a membership. I'm not just going to open it to the public because I still want somebody to feel like they coming here for a reason. Like it ain't just like for free. <coughs> you, come, you come fuck my shit up. I just, you know, put this out here for people to come and do. But I really want them to like get a tutor, you know, like have a tutor up there mm-hmm. when they get out of school, not just run there and go hop on the Xbox or the PlayStation or hold on. You get an hour of tutoring. Y'all do your homework, get this shit together in school. You know, go outside, do some, play some basketball, do something like just not. It, I ain't just trying to make this shit to where it's like they focus on one thing. I want them to be able to go and create in each room, like every room, like you know how that shit go. Definitely, that's one thing I want in my crib. I want to have enough rooms in my crib that I could have one room that's like an art room for my kid so she could paint on the walls, she could do whatever the fuck, like where we could really get creative in there. I'm telling you, bro. Because sometimes I feel a little constrained when we're doing art projects and I got to make sure I don't get paint on the table (laughs) and all this shit and I'm like, I got to get an environment going here where I I could be less worried about her planting her fucking paint covered hand onto the chair or whatever, you know? It's home, man. (laughs) It's home. So how did uh how old's your kid now? He about to be seven in March. Okay. And how has that uh changed how you view the game and what you're doing with your time out here? Right now I'm learning about all financial freedom so I can just leave a lot behind. You know, like not even leave it, just build it so when he get old enough to be able to work, like at the um community center, the shit I'm opening up, I I got him a store being built in there so I put candy in there, hot pretzels and shit like that, slushes, just to, for him to learn money management and learn how to communicate with people and just not be somebody who just think money growing trees and, mm. and just fuck be some type of like hoodlum about this shit. Right. He got to be able to know how to be like a young man, though. Definitely. Do you feel like you're in search of a TikTok hit or is that not, no. <laughs> that's not something you think of? Hell no, I feel like that type of shit just come, like, it, it come. Because to me, Peasy's one of the greatest flows I ever heard, you know, one of my favorite rappers. And then for that uh, thing from the 2 million up thing to just become this viral ass TikTok, and I'm just seeing all these random hot chicks on TikTok doing it, and my girl's doing it. She don't even know that this is a rapper that I interviewed or that I listened to, you know? Yeah, a lot of people don't even know. But a lot of people do know. I think they do know. Yeah, I think she she figured it out at one point. Like, oh, you know this guy. Yeah, they know, nah. Yeah. His voice became a real, like, thing. Because, you know, I'm always just looking through YouTube and, like, you know, I'm just noticing, like, oh, there's. This random Peasy video has like 12 million views and it came out like a month ago. And I'm thinking like, but I'm like, Peasy don't normally do 12 million views in a month. Like, what is this song? And I click on it and I watch it. I'm like, well, that was a hard song. But I'm still wondering, like, that seems like a lot. And then I realized it was a TikTok hit. And I'm like, ah, okay. That there you go. Got Kim K and them doing that shit. That'll take your shit to a whole different level. Yeah. No, I know. Shit take you right out Damn. of there. What about Peasy dating a Kardashian? I could see that. Never. <laughs> Can't take my nigga through the black hole, man. Yeah, because he might not come out. He coming out. No, they're going to consume him as they've done to many other uh, brothers who've entered up into that mansion. Yeah, right. You know, he might not make it out the other side. <laughs> that might He, he might finally find a, a test that he can't handle in life, you know? Yeah, Chris know. Jenner. Chris Jenner is uh, his kryptonite, perhaps. Nope. <laughs> 
you're denying it. <laughs> nope, can't happen. <laughs> um, all right, so what else? What else do we need to talk about in terms of the life of GT? I'm going to be real. I just listened to the music to get ready for this. I didn't do any of the interviews because I, sometimes I feel like watching the interviews kind of makes me not want to do the interview as much, so I just stuck to the music. But, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else we need to know about? No, we got a lot of new shit coming out, man. Mm. Everything new. They just got to stay tuned. Definitely. That's it. And tuned in. How, well, yeah, I wanted to ask this too. How do you, like, what would you say the breakdown is financially in terms of like what's bringing in money for you? Is it like shows? Is the streaming? Like, what, features. what? The features is the thing that really does it. Yeah. Features for real for me. I'm about to give me um somebody who booking shows and shit for me. Because uh-huh. it's about that time. Like, get this shit in order and get some shows and. Had some real intimate shows, like for my real supporters and day one fans and shit like that. That'd be dope. Yeah, like the features though, does that ever get complicated? It's just like basically yeah. involves making songs with all kinds of random ass people. But I'm still, I just dropped my last project on the Empire, so I've just been grinding it out, you know. Definitely. Just grinding, bro. You could ever see yourself signing to a major or you don't think it's for you? Yeah. I mean, why not? I don't feel like it's nothing wrong, man, if you had the right contract, though. Yeah. It's just about the contract. Like, people make it with it. They want to make it. I don't believe in none of that media stupid shit, how they try to make people look like they the worst people in the world because that's what the media is for. Right. So, yeah, if some people talking the right partnership, you know, like, I don't, I'm never going. Not right now. I won't say never. But I'm never signing my masters over right now. Mm. Yeah, but I feel like when you mentioned like currency as an example, mm-hmm. though that's the kind of career that a lot of people from that Detroit scene realistically should be or are trying to build. You know, mm-hmm. is like just create this like coolness about yourself and like yeah, the the music matters, but your overall brand is kind of the real priority, the thing that you can make money off in the long term. Yeah, I agree. Definitely agree. So if you're you're the fashion dude, give me some fashion don'ts right now. What's what's played out? Amiri's right now, man. Mm. To me, I just don't like them Amiri's no more. It's over for that. You over the skinny jeans in general? I've been really wearing cozy shit for real, man. I don't really want to wear shit but jogging pants and shit every day, man. And cool shoes, man. I'm, I'm so tired of getting dressed at them, bro. Anything even slightly uncomfortable, I feel like it's just not worth I it at this it, point bro, in my life. Don't be worth it, dog. Especially unless you're dressing up wearing a suit and yeah. tie and shit. That's always worth it. People who are heroes are people who wear suits every day. You wear a suit every day? I just I could not imagine it. It just seems like torture. Yeah, I think something's going on in this bitch if you wear a <laughs> suit every day for like. <laughs> I used to want to do that really bad. That'd have fucked their head up if you came here. But even if you came here for a week straight in a suit, they'd be fucked up. They'd be like something going on. But the thing is, I don't think it would buy me any kind of credibility in rap, but I think that it would make people think <laughs> way about, different about me. You talking about buy me some credibility in a rap. No, man. but, okay, there are, like, philosophers or, like, speakers, podcasters, et cetera, who they always wear a suit every single time that they go on a podcast or a, a show or whatever. And when I think about it, I do view them way differently as a result because I've never seen them wear a hoodie. But for me, I mean, I'm wearing a hoodie. Like, I'm just, it's too comfortable. It's a perfect item of clothing. For real. It's cold out here. No, you're wearing the right shit. 
Imagine just wearing a suit and you're just standing out in the cold. Like, like, what I the fuck getting, is this? I feel like I was getting interrogated by a nigga. If he had a suit on right now, I'd be like, mm. it'd be, wouldn't be an interview. I wouldn't even be comfortable as I am with you. I feel like he just, like, got a notepad. And he keep flipping that bitch over. And... That's why I don't like having a notepad. Because I would like to have a notepad and just be writing in it, but I feel like you would think that was like... That's so fucking therapy. <laughs> like, that's some therapy shit, dog. Yeah. That's some... Nah, that's that's lame, bro. The, the notepad, that's 2000. And motherfucking 14, for real. But I would like to have it so I could, like, write down questions as they come to my mind instead of having to try to say them before I forget them. Better off doing that shit on your phone. Yeah, but that looks weird, too, because it looks like I'm texting somebody. That's better than writing. Yeah. And writing shit look like that. Police. Even just holding a pencil is federal. <laughs> I swear to God, holding a notepad and a pencil while you're on a podcast, yeah. that's some real. Yeah, that's it. But then the choice would be between uh, like a digital thing, like a digital pen and like an iPad, or just having like a yellow notepad and like a pencil. The pencil makes noise. That feels like a big deal. This is important. They need to hear about this. Um, so you got anything new? dropping that we need to know about or what, what's the game plan by march i'm trying to drop a new project i might do it um one more on the empire right quick mm -hmm. and just um smash the gas on like marketing and shit try to figure out a new way out the box to market not make myself look like foolish but a real make an impact with it like something nobody ever did before mm. interesting yeah, marketing's got to be the tricky part. Making the music's fun, but then getting people to listen to it's the tricky part, huh? The music is never the hard part, man. We aiming for like 1,500, 2,000 songs. Trying to aim for a lot of songs, but not 2,000 like, songs? 2,000 songs. But we cut down to how many songs? Cut down to like a real, like, 750 songs. Like, and realistically, like, that's going to go somewhere. Wait, you're gonna put out 750 songs? Over time, not over now. Time. Not, not <laughs> I'm like, like this is the very no. long project. Hell no. <laughs> like hell most no. people are not gonna listen to this whole hell thing. Hell no. I'm talking about in a hard drive in the okay. catalog. Like we in trying to do this shit for real. Like trying to set this up to where we got longevity for real. Okay. Like niggas really working overtime for this shit. Right. Yeah, there was a moment there where I thought you were saying you were gonna put a 750 song project. I'd be done. That's how you know I'm done with this shit. Yeah, that would be they weird. They gave it all up. I, they, they know I'm done. I was the biggest Young Thug fan in the world, and, and then in, like, 2012, I like, 100 songs of his leaked at the same time, and I went in to listen to it, and a lot of them weren't mastered, and it just was a terrible listening experience, and I, don't, I never really went out of my way to listen to leaks since then. Man, I hate people who leak people's music, dog. Like, what do you get out of that, dog? Do they get a check for that shit? I think. I've heard that, like, the Juice World uh, unreleased songs leak because the fans come together to, like, raise money to buy them Fuck from hackers or some shit. That's so fucking gay, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> to a dead dude, too. Just let him. That's so fucking weak, bro, because people really put a lot of... You know what You know what rappers do the most? They hold that song until they think it's the right moment for the song to come out. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to feel as a... Uh, I need, like, the fans to be able to tell me that shit, like... Tell me when the, should the music come out. Mm. I want to make a way to the fans to tell people instead of us holding it, then it get leaked. Fuck all that, man. 
but be killing a thrill, man. I'm gonna be real though. In the in the case of the Juice World thing, though, I do understand it because the fans have heard these songs in bad quality on like Instagram Live and mm-hmm. shit like that, and then they know that the label, like, is the label ever gonna put these songs out? I mean, they they might put out 10, 20 of them here and there for a project, but they're not gonna put out all of them. Never. And so, is it if they if it's never gonna come out? And he's not even with us anymore. Is it really that bad for the fans to leak it? I don't know. Yeah, it's bad, man. It still is bad because the money money could go to the family. That's what I was about to say. It's his legacy, man. You want that shit. That's why I hate the hackers for that shit. I still have kind of a hard time holding it against the fans who just want to hear it that bad. But, you know. All right. uh, Where should they uh, follow you? Follow me GT, man, on Instagram. I don't know how the fuck I lost my Twitter, man. I don't know about the other shit. Like, my YouTube channel is the same thing. Call mm-hmm. me GT. And that's it. Anything you need to know is in my bio. Let's go. I'm trying to figure out other ways to, like, get this shit out here, Adam. I know you know some new ways to market this shit. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. I mean, if PZ's going to teach us anything from that song, it's just... Make the first bar the of the song shit. like a really catchy, memorable bar that just fits perfectly with the beat and is very relatable to random girls. I'm sure he didn't do it on purpose, but it worked. Yeah, I'm telling you, he a hit-making ass nigga, man. He a hit-making ass. For sure. All right, GT. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, dog. Much love. Bow! GT, no jumper, coolest podcast in the world. We out here wearing expensive coats and whatnot. Like, comment, and subscribe. NoJumper.com if you want to support. Let's go.